Hey friends, Andy Jenkins. Thanks for joining me again. I'm at the Hilltop and uh, th this is a strange day. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking outside. It is about to thunder. Like Literally, uh, I'm thinking about getting a boat, like an ark, because it, it looks like that's about what it is game time for. At the same time, earlier today, I, I woke up this morning about six and just wasn't feeling it with the morning exercise. Now, now, it wasn't that I wasn't feeling it and then I, that I was putting it off, like going, uh, yeah, I don't want to do it today. It was, I felt like I had this cough, had this little headache. I thought, man, I don't, I don't know if this is the day I need to go or if this might make things worse. So I got up and did some other things. Uh, honestly, I watched a little documentary on TV, drank some coffee, you know, then kind of got into the workflow, uh, knocked out a chapter in a book that I've been working on. And then uh, after that, I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm actually feeling better. So I went, felt outside. The iPhone says that it is 85, approaching 90. So I thought, well, that, that's not a big deal. I mean, it, that's hot, but most of the hot that you feel when you're out running really comes from the humidity. So if it's not too humid, I'm, I'm going to go run. So I went, checked it on the deck. I was like, okay, yeah, I think I got this. So I went for a run. For sure, you know, the heat slowed me down a little bit. For sure, it was a little bit more humid <laughs> than I thought from just stepping out uh, on the deck, which happens to have like half shade, you know, at, at noon. Um, but summer day, went out, ran, knocked it out, did some errands after that, and thought, I can't believe I ran in that. But now it's like a full-blown about to thunderstorm. Okay, so I'm going to go through it. You may hear that in the background. <laughs> okay, long intro. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down in the show notes and take advantage of the free book, Purpose. It's a paperback book. I've got it right here. Uh, flip through it. I'm going to look at it. It is, uh, this one's really cool. It's got 200-ish pages. But at the end of each chapter, there are multiple places where there are QR codes. Uh, you can take some assessments uh, that will open up personalized coaching videos. There are two to three minutes each for you based on your answers. Uh, the whole goal of this book is, uh, here's the subtitle, Three Keys to Unlock and Live God's Plan for Your Life. Three Keys to Unlock and Live God's Plan for Your Life. Now, uh, I'll probably come back and do a whole series on this. There is an audiobook that's already available on my website. Uh, in fact, when you go there to get your claim your free book, um, you can you can add the audiobook and get instant access to that right now. I'll probably come back and do a podcast series on this at some point. Um, but this is really uh, kind of a distillation of the life lift material that I wrote. I decided to kind of take the big swipe at that to help people find and fulfill their purpose, write the whole thing. Okay, 20 lessons of a video course and, and a, four books, and, and then come back and summarize, this is the summary. So all the life lift material has things that really, you know, I, I felt they're essential to know, but they're more next level. This will help you find and fulfill the purpose for you. And it's not cookie cutter. Like it's not, hey, this is, it's God's desire for everybody to be this. It's God's desire for everybody to do that. It's God, there, there is some of that in here for sure. But this is in light of your personality, in light of your talents and gifts and skill set, in light of the supernatural passion and empowerment that God has placed on you, what is your specific purpose? And that's going to be different than mine. So I know there's some great books out there that really um, 
pitch as a catch-all. Hey, here's five things that are true for all of us. Three things that are true for all of us. Those are great. Not belittling that at all. But this book, it gets very specific. So like I said, there's five assessments in here. Uh, you take them on, you know, you just use the QR code. It brings up videos. You can watch the videos that go with the book free. You, you use QR code, you pull it up. Uh, everybody learned how to do the QR code back in COVID. You pull up the video and uh, you take the assessment. The assessments take, you know, five to 10 minutes. And then it opens up personalized content to you based on your personality, based on your skill set, based on your giftedness. So super excited about this project. In fact, um, I've had the opportunity now to teach this at some churches. Super excited to see how that uh, really goes. Okay, here's what I want to talk about today. Power. So in the previous two episodes, I really brought out the idea that where you are isn't who you are. It just happens to be your location at this current moment in time. Where you are isn't where you must remain, but where you are is where you must begin. And most often, the way we're going to move forward is taking a few small steps in the right direction. There's going to be a lot of interruptions. That's okay. We want to chart progress, not perfection, direction, not distance. That leads me to this whole thing. A lot of people just feel stuck. And they go, well, I'm never going to make it forward. I'm never going to make it through. Uh, you feel stuck. Here's the deal. You have the power that you need to move forward. Now, people go, where, where did you get that? I'm like, I got it straight from the New Testament. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you. In fact, let me give you a clarifying point. I'm looking at my notes here. That's what you hear. Um, all right. So let me clarify. You do not have the power on your own to long-term overcome something massive, a big big hurdle. So that hurdle could be a goal of some to something positive. Uh, that goal could be a hurdle to get over something negative like um, a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, something that's an addiction. Uh, you do not have the power on your own to get over that long-term. Again, remembering that, Incremental change over time is exponential. Okay, so long term, you don't have the power to keep making those steps. You, you can willpower it, but at some point, I really believe like you're just going to run out of steam. On the other hand, if you are a person of faith, if Christ is in you, then the Bible tells us something incredibly different, exceptionally different. You've been given the very power of Jesus himself who lives in you and wants to burst out from the inside out. In fact, the, the Bible presents it this way. The old self has died and there is a newer supernaturally empowered self that lives. In fact, what the scripture is going to say is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. That's Romans eight eleven. The power that God gives you, it is good not just for supernatural areas of life, for religious duties and all that. It's good for every area of life. Okay, so the supernatural power that lives in you is good for your health routine. The supernatural power in you is good for parenting. The supernatural power inside of you is good for doing the chores around the house when everyone else is making a mess. The supernatural power in you is good for showing up and doing the work to the dream that God has set inside of you. And yeah, of course, absolutely, the supernatural empowerment that's inside of you is good for work, your career, your schooling, uh, 
for loving your spouse, for engaging in healthy relationships with your friends. It is good for every area of life, including, let's say that purpose book, including pitfalls you want to avoid, as well as the purpose that you want, that you're called to fulfill. So here's what I'm going to say. Uh, you don't need to go looking for that power because if you're in Christ, that that empowerment, it's already inside of you. It is already there. Now, let me give you a breakdown on some fancy schmancy words that are in the New Testament. Uh, here's word number one is neos, N-E-O-S. Okay, everybody knows that word or a derivative of it thanks to the matrix, neos. Uh, neos is a Greek word for new. Here's another word I'm going to teach you. Kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S. Kainos, like, like sugar cane, cane, kainos. Kainos, also a word for new. Now, there's a great Bible verse. Uh, this one was on a yellow t-shirt that I received when I was a kid in about the third grade with green writing that had kind of this uh, butterfly on it. I got it at summer camp at the church that I went to, uh, probably vacation Bible school. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So often when we lean into a verse like that, okay, I'm in Jesus, things are new, things are supposed to look different, they're supposed to be better. Often when we approach something as new, we really envision just a better and cleaner version of the old. Uh, But when Paul wrote this verse, he doesn't just mean new in the sense that we often use the word. He means new in a completely radically exponentially better and different way sense. So in the New Testament, there are two Greek words. I just told you what they are, neos and kainos. Let me tell you the difference. Neos means new with respect to time. So this new is the same kind and same quality as the original. You could think of it like this. Uh, my favorite pair of shoes wear, wear out, and so I need a new pair of running shoes. I go buy a pair that are pretty similar, identical to the old ones, except they are new. They are neos. Okay. They don't have the, you know, the briars and burrs from where I've run through the woods. They don't have the worn off soles where I've run across the road. They don't have all the creases and dents. They they certainly don't have mud splatters and all that on them. They are new. They're neos. They're just like the old ones, but new with respect to time. They don't have wear and tear. They are effectively a clean slate. That's one option of the word new that Paul has, neos. The other option is this, kainos. Kainos means this. It's new as to former quality. It's of a different nature from what is contrasted to as old. Okay, so, so one, neos is just like the previous. Kainos is uh, exceptional. It is an upgrade. It's superior um, to the previous product. Uh, it, it is different. It's of a better quality. It's not just an update in terms of life expectancy. You know, like the new shoes are going to last longer than the old ones because the olders don't have as much life in them. The Kano is kind of new. It is a total across the board upgrade. You, you can think about the difference like this. Uh, Neos, if I decide I'm going to go buy a new pair of running shoes because the old ones wore out, that's Neos. Okay, so I replace the old pair with a new pair, a pair that's clean, unworn, that has more life. 
if my shoes wear out and I decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop I'm I'm going to stop using running shoes altogether. I'm going to go purchase a jetpack and instead of running around my neighborhood and running through these trails, I'm just going to kind of fly and zoom around. I've made a Kanos decision. I've acquired something far superior and completely unlike the old. Now, I, I know when you listen to that, you go, well, that, that example doesn't make sense. That's, that's not fair. Okay, if, if you're saying that, then you get the point completely. Okay, a far-fetched example like that is exactly what the Bible was saying here. The Bible does not say that you are neos, that you have a clean slate. That would be a great message. The Bible says that you are kanos. The life you now have now is the same life, Romans 8, 11 says, that was raised Jesus from the dead. That power is now in you. Okay, That is kanos. If anyone is in Christ, the old is gone. The kanos, the upgrade, the far more exceptionally superior version is here. Now, here's, here's what I want you to do. Uh, if you're listening via headphones and you're in an office, probably don't say this out loud. If you are driving a car and you're listening on the radio, do say it out loud. If you are running or exercising and you're a little bit winded right now, I completely leave it up to you. I am going to read the verse again with an insert your name here, and I want you to fill in the blank and make it real to you. So, so you say it like this. Uh, if, if Andy is in Christ, the old Andy is gone. A new Andy is here that lives in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. All right, let, let's try it for you. Okay. If your name is in Christ, the old you is gone. A new, your name, is here that lives in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You see how that works? Here's, here's what that means. Let's just be very practical about the whole thing. It means that we exchange our human ability for the spirit supernatural capacity. Okay, so think running shoes. I run in my own steam. If I put on a jetpack, man, I'm just moving in whatever power that jetpack contains. And, and again, you know, I know that analogy breaks down. Don't try to spiritualize the jetpack thing. The point is, you haven't just traded the current version of ourselves, which was cluttered, for a clean version. You have the life of Jesus inside of you. It is completely different. And here's what it also means. You exchange your sin for Christ's sacrifice, and then you exchange his record of obedience for your past defiance. Okay, let me say it again, because that's, that's, a, that's a mouthful, and it's not talked about a whole lot. So when the new comes, when the Kanos comes, you exchange your sin for Christ's sacrifice. On the cross, he took your sin. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. So sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of God. If you're in Christ right now, he has taken your sin on the cross and he has given you his righteousness. That's what the verse said. At the same time, you also have his record of obedience for your past defiance. 
Ah, okay. Let's break that down. Here's what it means. We're not just a cleaned up version of ourselves. We now have God's cleanness, Jesus' cleanness that's our own. Uh, Martin Luther, he's a famous monk who launched the Protestant Reformation when he nailed his 95 theses to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. This is circa 1511. He suggested that one of the reasons that Jesus died when he was 33 as a full-grown adult, and I totally agree with this, was to live a life of honor and obedience to God's will that he could then credit to our account. So at the cross, he didn't only die in our place. Before the cross, he lived in your place. Oh, okay, you got that? Luther referred to this as the glorious exchange. Uh, It's a double trade of our sin to Christ for his sacrifice, as well as his life of obedience for our past defiance. Okay, and I get it. You might need to like just scroll back, listen for the past five minutes again. I'm not going to repeat it because due to podcast, you you can just hit that rewind button and just click back, you know, 30 seconds at a time and, and get it. Here's the deal. The Bible tells us that this transformation, it is instant. That the kainos is not something new, is not something the power living in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is not something you're trying to strive to attain. It's not something you have to go out and get. Okay, you think about if I needed a pair of running shoes or a jetpack, I'd have to go get that thing or build that thing or make that thing. The Bible says, no, no, no. This has already happened to you. Even though it has happened, so many people try are, are trying to do the spiritual equivalent of making their own supernatural jetpack to, to move from where they are to where they're designed to be. Yet God provides you with all the power you need. You do not need to amass Christian duties or certain information to be whole in Christ. You are whole. So throughout the scripture, um, geez, I need to just put this in the show notes. Uh, I got some notes right here. Okay, so that right there, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Grab a hold of this. I'll, I'll put it to where you don't have to download it or, or like opt in or even you can just click it, boom, pops up. Okay, I'll put the PDF from this page of this book, uh, one of the new books. The All right, here we go. I'm going to read this chart. Okay, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine observations. So contrasting the old you to the new you. With the old you, sin is your nature. So you might feel like this. I won't have this much commentary on every point. When I was a kid, and I was in the first grade, I just knew every single day that when I went to school, no matter how good I tried to behave, I was going to get in trouble. It was debilitating because I really wanted to be good. And it would always be something dumb, like the teacher would walk out, go down the hall to go, you know, check her mail or whatever in the teacher's box, whatever. She'd go do something. And when she came back, like I would be talking to someone, I would get caught. It was, it was always like that. It was always stupid stuff. Or she would leave, you know, behind one person. I mean, you think about the pressure of this. Every elementary school had one person in every classroom that was the informant. And so the teacher gets back. The informant, who was sometimes even designated and delegated with power to, quote, take names on the board, would tell. If, if you know, you sneeze, you step out of line, you make a funny face. It, like, it's, you smile. I just knew. Every day, I'm going to screw up. It was in my nature to somehow just mess up. Well, goodness, like when you, when you get into this, you look in life and you go, golly, 
you like you look back and go, I, I keep messing up. I keep like no matter how hard I try, it's like you can in your own steam do good for a while, but then you go, oh golly, it was in my nature to do wrong. That's the that's the old self. When you begin walking in Canos, okay, the power of Christ in you, holiness is your nature. Holiness is your nature. Number two, the old self, you live under the law and rules. Number two, the new self, you live under grace. Number three, the old self is left to the fallen nature and judged according to my works. Okay, that's Romans 3, 19 through 20. The new self, you have a new nature. Jesus was completely judged for you. He completed all of the works on your behalf. This is what Luther was saying, that now you have been credited not just with his death on your behalf, but with his life of obedience on your behalf. So you see, like, all your past life was exchanged for his past life, his death exchanged for a death that you don't have to die. From here on out, clean slate, moving forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a great message. Four, the old self. No amount of good deeds can transform me into a new person. So you can't do enough good stuff to finally go, okay, I've arrived. Like you keep thinking there's something else out there I gotta do. But the new self, and think about it like this, no, no amount of bad deeds can reverse what's happened and change you into the old person. Uh, will you mess up even after you're walking in this Kano's lifestyle? Yes. But it doesn't mean you're bad. Remember that phrase, where you are isn't who you are. Okay, who you are is redeemed, chosen, adopted, beloved, new creation, power of Christ, power that raised him from the dead now inside of you. Uh, here's number five, uh, the old self. I achieve my goodness through works of the flesh. The, the new self, I, re, I don't achieve goodness, I receive goodness, which is manifest in the fruit of the spirit. It just kind of happens. It just kind of occurs. So number six, I strive against my nature in order to do good and achieve holiness. That's Ephesians 2, 3. That kind of fits with my first grade uh, rundown there. The new self, I must strive against my nature in order to sin because I am holy. That's also Ephesians 2, 3, but you read verse 4 and 5 and add to it. So here's what I'm saying. Can you lie, cheat, steal, you know, all, all the bad stuff? fall into an addiction, is something unsettling when you're a Christian? The answer is absolutely yes. However, you got to fight against your nature to do that. Like, And you feel that burn when you do. Like, You feel like, hey, this isn't who I am. I mean, you, you even look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and think, yeah, golly, how did, I, how did I get in this position? Like, this is not me. This is not the life that I've been called to. Okay, in your your bingo, you're right. It's against your nature. The old self. Here's observation number seven. Uh, with the old self, anything that's unclean in the Old Testament, uh, meaning a leper or something like that, it, if it touched something that was clean, that unclean thing made the clean thing contaminated. Whether it was a person, whether it was an offering. So in the Old Testament, you read about all this uncleanness is the thing that transfers. So if you touch something unclean, then you become unclean. And if you, you're now unclean, you touch something, that thing becomes unclean. And if someone touches that thing, they become unclean. It, like it's just uncleanness. It's, it's like a computer virus, except for it just runs through creation, through people and things. 
Here's the new you. Now, this is totally the opposite. Anything unclean is actually made clean by touching something that is clean. So Jesus touches a leper, the leper becomes clean. Jesus doesn't become unclean. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, 13 and 14, an unbelieving spouse is sanctified by a believing spouse. So the unclean spouse becomes clean because of the clean spouse. It, it's incredible. The old self, observation eight of nine. I do things so I will have favor with God. Like We, we feel like we have to achieve to prove to God we're blessable, not, not under the new self. The new self, I do things freely because I because I do have favor with God. So I'm living from the overflow of I'm already, quote, blessed and highly favored as T-shirts and coffee mugs and keychains and bumper stickers say there's a degree of truth to that. And you're actually empowered to live that out. Okay, the same grace that forgives you now empowers you to live that life per Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Uh, the old self, I feel condemned. So, so you, you feel like, uh, when something bad happens and comes your way, you feel that it's deserved and it's merited because of your action. The new self, it works the opposite. When you see calamity, you, you don't go, oh, that happened because of something I did. You see calamity, you speak life to it like Ezekiel 37 says. You tell dead bones to reunify, to come back to life. You impart the life of the Spirit everywhere you go. Okay, so you see what all, all of this, <laughs> So, yeah, which I know is a pretty high bar. Living like Jesus lived is the best life possible. You know, and learning about him, that helps. But the change, according to this, has already happened. So you're not trying to achieve it. You're not trying to uh, earn it. You're not trying to step up to it. The scripture says you've already been made kanos. And when you're new, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. Uh, one Bible teacher says it like this. I think this is from author Benjamin Dunn. He has a book titled The Happy Gospel. Sometimes what happens is we try to tear our own salvation experience like a frequent flyer program. The longer we fly, the more ladders we climb, the more religious dues we pay, the more upgrades we get. Here's what the scripture says. No, 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 no. In John 3, 34, God doesn't give you the Holy Spirit by measure. Like he doesn't just partition the Holy Spirit out. He does, hey, here's a little bit for you, a little bit for you, a little bit for you. When he provides you with the Holy Spirit at the new birth, he gives you a fully equipped, fully powered version of himself. What does that mean? It means that the old you is gone. And now you're not just made neos. You're not just made new, clean slate as if those things didn't happen. That, that'd be a great message. And it's true, but it's just part of the truth. You're made Kanos. You are completely upgraded, completely transformed, radically, exponentially superior to the old way of life. Think about it like this. On that t-shirt that I had in Vacation Bible School, the yellow shirt with the green writing that had the verse, if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. It had a butterfly on it. There's nothing in a butterfly that would indicate that it was once a caterpillar in its past. That's Kanos. That's, that's the difference. Nor is there anything in a caterpillar that would indicate, hey, you know, at one point, this thing is going to go into a cocoon. This thing is going to have wings. I mean, if you didn't know that's how it happens, you wouldn't know that that is what happened. 
But what happens in you? Is it, it's, it's that radically different. So it's a great image to have on that shirt. That's what happens because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that lives in you. And what does that power do? That power credits all of Jesus's life of obedience, the 33 years that he was here on earth, when he was going about doing good, when he was going about he's tempted and always we're tempted, but it's without sin. It credits that life of obedience, exchanges that life of obedience to your account of disobedience and defiance against God. And then when Jesus goes to the cross, he dies the death that you owed, that I owed. So he takes that. And from that point on, you move forward, kanos and empowered. Oh, it's an incredible, incredible message. Do you see it? Okay, so let's pray it out. My prayer for you is that the Lord is going to bless you now, that you would even... My prayers, you would even physically feel his presence near you, that you would sense the old is gone, that you would see a wider picture of what the new you truly is. If you've been in Christ for years, that you would see everything that you might not have even seen yet that he's provided for you, that you would feel that resurrection power rising up inside of you, that all things for you would be new. And my prayer is that this would for you, may it affect every area of life. May you see that resurrection power breakthrough in parenting. May you see that power breakthrough in your finances. May you see that power breakthrough in the hurt places that need healing. May you see that power breakthrough in relationships, in the workplace, in your career, in your educational pursuits. May you see it breakthrough in every area of life. Grace and peace.